Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine. Thanks for tuning in over the next couple of hours. Uh, we're talking financial planning, tax planning, investment planning, retirement planning. And uh, we'll throw in a couple uh, sprinkles of something else if we have time. Uh, so welcome. Go to purefinancial.com. That's our website if you want more information about us. Or if you only get one hour of the show, I encourage you to go to iTunes uh, to get the full show. Uh, you can go to purefinancial backslash iTunes, that will bring you right to the page, or you can search iTunes in Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, first time listener to the show, Al and I have been doing this uh, close to 10 years. Al's a CPA. I'm a certified financial planner. We work uh, for a company called Pure Financial Advisors. Uh, we're a fee-only registered investment advisory firm. Uh, well, basically a financial planning firm, uh, and we also manage clients' assets. $1.4 billion at last count. That's absolutely correct, Joe, and it is uh, great to be here. And uh, I would say happy Saturday morning to our listeners, or if you're a podcast listener, happy whatever day it happens to be. It's, you know, if you look at a 10-year chart of the stock market, you'll see that the Dow has come a long way since March of 2009. And that's, that's when the Dow was around, what, 6,500? Yeah, that's less than 10 years. Well, 2009, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. It's a good amount of time, though. That's been a good run. Yes, right. And um, since then, the, you know, the stock market's come roaring back, but there's always never been like, hey, now is a really good time to invest. Right? Boy, isn't that the truth? Because it's never very clear until after the fact, right? Yeah, we've had some bumps in the road just recently. Just look at this year alone. We had China in the beginning of the year, oil down to twenty some odd dollars a barrel, and you know, we had a ten percent correction in the beginning, and then we just had the Brexit. And markets are what? Reaching all-time highs. They're at all-time highs. That's correct. And what, what do you make of that? Well, I don't know. I guess if you're invested in stock market today, the question is now what, right? Is this for real? Should you keep your money in the market or should you take some chips off the table? And if you've been waiting on the sidelines, sitting in cash, is it a good time to jump in? Or are you a little too late to the party? Well, I would say the bears would argue that it's just an, another example, maybe, of irrational exuberance. Remember that by uh, Mr. Alan Greenspan? I sure did. He said that, I believe, in 1998. And so if you got out of the market in 1998, you missed a pretty good run because 1998, 1999, the beginning of 2000 were pretty good years in the true. overall market. Very true. And uh, then we had, you know, 2002 was the worst bear market we saw since the Great Depression. And then the markets came roaring back. And then we had the Great Recession. And then the markets are now roaring back. And here we are today. So what do you do with all this? You know, trying to time the market is a fool's game, not to mention pretty dangerous. So the question is really, what does this all mean to you? And what should you do with your money right now? I was sitting with a client on Friday and has significant amount of assets sitting in cash. And he asked me, he's like, well, Joe, you know, since markets are all-time highs, what do you think? Should we dollar cost average in? Then you have to put in perspective of what market are you referring to? You know True. what I mean? Because I think when people hear the market, what are we referring to? The Dow Jones, the S&P 500? 
Yeah, I think that's what most people think. And it, yeah, those are markets, but there's a lot of other markets too, right? Sure. I mean, you could look at, you know, um, Asian markets, you can look at international markets, emerging markets, markets. Right. Yeah, and we know international has not done very well the last few years. Emerging markets done terribly until this year. Now it's having a pretty good year, but uh, you're, you're right, Joe. There's plenty of markets where there it's not at all-time highs. Right, and so when you're looking at your portfolio, and this is where recency bias comes in, is that a lot of times people will continue to place their assets in the asset class that was the highest performer. And they don't necessarily want to go in the lowest performing asset class because they continue to feel that those assets will continue to go down, right? And the asset class that was the highest performer will continue to rise. And so they load up. And Al and I look at thousands of different portfolios, right? Would you say that's an accurate assumption? Yes, it is. And where most of individuals' money's at are just all large company USA. I mean, a lot of the equity exposure that they have are are at all-time highs. Right. And so my answer to the individual was like, no, I don't think it makes any sense to dollar cost average in, and some of you might disagree with me, but if the money needs to be invested, it should be fully invested because then that's a timing game. Now, if they feel more comfortable dollar cost averaging in, and as soon as you dollar cost average in, what happens, right? The market comes roaring back up. And as soon as you place all your assets in the market, what happens? It blows up. So there's really no win-win situation there when it comes to emotionally. But if you look at the studies that a lot of the academics do and that what we pay attention to, by being fully invested when you need to be fully invested is the appropriate way to do it. Right. In other words, stay invested. Stay invested. Get invested invested properly, right? And then stay invested. Right. And then I said, well, here, the portfolio that I'm recommending to you is globally diversified. So you're looking at, uh, what do we have, 47 different countries roughly in our overall portfolio and about 12,000, give or take, some odd companies. So it's not like we're trying to time or bet on large company USA. Yeah, you're going to have some exposure in that area, which are at all-time highs, but you also want to make sure that you invest in international stocks, emerging markets. You want to look at global natural resources. Right? Where do you think those, you know, oil is down? It's gone up a little bit, but still, if you take a look over the last several years, you know, it's not at 100 plus bucks a barrel, it's still at 40 some odd dollars a barrel. So when you think of markets at all-time highs, you got to put it, I think, into perspective. And when do you need to be invested is right now, because inflation's a real thing. And if you're not fully invested in a globally diversified portfolio, in our opinion, you're losing money. You're just losing money safely. You're going to go broke, but you're going to go broke in a safe fashion. You're going to feel good about it. Yeah. Until true. it's too late. Right. Right. And that, that's, that's, uh, so that's the tendency, Joe. The tendency is that you have a portfolio. It's like there's a lot of weird things going on in the world right now. Maybe I should get on the sidelines for a while. And, and, and I'll tell you, I think a lot of our listeners have tried to play that game. I used to try to play that game when I was in my 20s and 30s. And it's like, boy, this doesn't work. And I, and I remember certain current events. Like, here's an example. This would have been like 1990, give or take. And it was, uh, we were just about to go uh, into Kuwait. Right and and uh, and and that whole what desert storm? Yeah, desert storm. Yeah, and, and so I thought this is a disaster. I'm pulling out of the market. Now I didn't have that much at that point, but uh, and then the market zoomed and zoomed and zoomed and zoomed up. And then I remember remember talking to a financial planner, a fee only financial planner at that time, and they said, they said, oh, because I kind of relayed that story, and he said, you're a market timer. 
And I go, oh, I, I hope not. That doesn't sound very good. <laughs> and then I, I started to learn about this whole thing about staying invested. Now, that doesn't mean you just sit there and do nothing. I mean, you, you tax less harvest when it's appropriate. You sell a position that's down. If it's a non-qualified account, you buy a related position, so you've got a tax less. And when certain asset classes go down, you buy more of it. When they go up, you sell a little bit to get to the right allocation. There's a real kind of... Uh, technical science to this, and and you kind of if you do that, you take the emotions out, and it turns out you do a lot better over the long term. Well, you have to look at your investments as a you have to manage your investments as an institution would manage a pension. Fund. Yeah, because they can't just get out and get back in. It doesn't. They're it not. Doesn't, they're not investing work. those pension funds on emotion. They no, have a very not. disciplined process trying right. to target a certain rate of return, and they know over the long term if they hold on to their discipline that those expected returns will come in the market just due to the fact that there's risk in stocks and those sticks those stocks pay you over time but the, and it's called a risk premium that you're basically buying into to get a higher rate of return than let's say cash bond CDs yeah I think that's an important point risk premium in other words because the stock market is volatile and you can lose money well over the long term you make a lot more money and that's the premium that you have to pay to make that extra return risk and re return are related and so as you said at the onset Joe if you're all in cash well, it's, a hundred, it's safe, but you know you're going to lose then because you're not going to keep up with inflation. I mean, do you wonder, now that the Dow is at an all-time high, should you be still invested in the stock market? I'm sure a lot of you are still thinking that. How and when you should claim your Social Security benefits? How is that going to intertwine with your overall investment strategy? How much you should withdraw from your retirement accounts every year to avoid what could be thousands of taxes, penalties, and fees? Or how you could prevent an illness from becoming a financial catastrophe? If so, you're not alone. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He is a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, when it comes to investing and when it comes to your overall retirement strategy, there's a lot of jargon, right? You bet. And Alpha, beta, R squared. And then there's all these acronyms that just are crazy. It's, well, what the heck is really going on here? And so um, we had Don Connolly on the show, and he comes up with different analogies, uh, which I think are kind of fun. And I want to go through some of these analogies because I think it helps individuals. I don't care how sophisticated you are within the overall markets, is that if you bring it down to an analogy, then it kind of makes a little bit more sense for you to say, okay, yeah, now this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Make sense? It does. Let's uh, lay it on me. So, all right. Inflation is like high blood pressure. Okay. All right. It must be controlled in order to prevent it from doing um, irreparable harm. You can't feel it or see it, but sooner or later, it's going to get you unless you take the necessary precautions. To disregard inflation is to disregard the long-term history of the world. Okay, that does. I, I get that. That makes sense. So if you look at inflation, right? So a lot. I mean, it's a silent tax. No one really knows how to calculate it. And right now, we're almost in a deflationary period, right? Inflation over the last twenty years is two percent. Right. Right. Over the last ten years, it's what one and a half, maybe one point seven. So when you think of inflation too, and then we also have all-time low interest rates, they have a pretty positive correlation. Have you looked at that? Yes. Ibbotson's just did a study on interest rates versus inflation. So now there's a lot of different countries around the world that are doing a negative interest rate, right? Germany just issued bonds at a negative interest rate. And so th 
well, it's like, well, what the heck is a negative interest rate? Well, first of all, it's you give your money to a, a government and they're charging you to hold on to their money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hard thing to conceptualize. Because right now, what is the 10-year treasury at? About 1.3, 1.4? Yeah, 1.4 or 5, I think, last time I saw. So you give your money to the federal government for 10 years, you get a, a point and a half, a little bit less than that. Per year. Per year. Mm-hmm. 20 years, it's about two and a half. Right. right. A little bit less than that. Sure. So that's not a lot of interest. And so if you go back to the 80s, right? Like when your parents were buying CDs back yes. in the day, they were probably getting 8%. Yeah, in fact, my dad was telling me how he got a, a, I think it was a three or four year CD for 14%. And he was kicking himself because he could have got a, like a 16% rate of return for five years. You know, why not, right? But, but, but what were mortgage rates then? Yeah, they were about the same. 16%, mm-hmm. something like that. I remember I got my first home loan in 1986. It was 12.5%, and I was stoked. I thought, this is really a good rate. And then better yet, a couple years later, I refinanced it to 10%. I couldn't believe I could actually get 10%. And then now, interest rates? I mean, what's a 30-year mortgage right now? Yeah, it's under 4%. It's Yeah, you're looking at mid or, or about Or about 4. Right? Or 15 years? 15 years is under 4. Right? And so it's a pretty low rate. And you look at, all right, well, where's inflation? And then what in the 10-year treasury, like we just said, is about a point and a half. Well, inflation... Is about a point and a half. So it everything. If inflation was at five and we're only getting one and a half percent, then you're in real trouble. Right. So if you put things in a, a global perspective, I, I think people always want to look at the negative versus kind of putting, you know, maybe taking a step back and putting things in you perspective. Know what's, uh, an interesting... And I'm not an economist by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, well... I know some economists are saying Anderson doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. You're probably right, but I'm just giving <laughs> you a correlation here. We're doing our best. I, I guess sometimes we will sit down with our clients and we will show them Maybe here's what your situation may look like in 30 years, given some inflation. And they go, ah, there's no way I'm going to be spending $250,000 per year. I'm only, I'm only spending 80000 now, or whatever the number is. And then, and then that does seem ridiculous. I agree. But then when you go back, well, what about 30 years earlier, right? What did a new car cost? Oh, well, I, you know, I guess... I guess what eight thousand dollars, and what does it cost now? I don't know, forty thousand or more. Right. Right. What is uh, what was the cost of college? Right. You take a look at all that stuff, goods and services, food, you know, just on and on. How about gasoline? Uh, you know, I just filled up, and it wasn't too bad. I I think I got two dollars and eighty five cents or two dollars and ninety five cents a gallon, but gosh, I remember it when it was around a dollar. And some of you, it was probably a lot less at certain points. And that's where it really starts to sink in. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, and I look, I, I go back to the home that my parents bought in 1969. Uh, it was $29,000. I don't know what it's worth now because they sold it about 10, 15 years ago. But I, I would say probably 800000 Right. Right? A million? Whatever. Yeah, we use this examples. Like, you know, a lot of you driving in your car today right now listening to this program, you probably pay more for that car than potentially your first home. Right. You know, and, and the, or like Motel 6 is another good example. Why do they call it Motel 6? Yeah, because well, it costs $6 a night. Yeah. When's cost- the last time you paid $6 a night for a Motel 6? Right. Yeah. I actually stayed in one. Uh, this was a couple winters ago in Big Bear because everything else was, was just outlandish priced. It still was 125 bucks. And no shampoo, no anything. <laughs> you need your shampoo, Al. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I use soap. 
And so it's and then it's going back to this. All right, well, markets are all time highs. You know, should I not invest? Should I get out? Should I take some chips off the table? I mean, delaying the decision um, to start your investing is like delaying an important trip to your um, in your car. All right. So check this out. If you have to drive to a town 60 miles away and you have to be there one hour, you will be forced to drive 60 miles an hour for a solid hour. Right? Sure. That could be fairly scary. It's cutting it pretty close. Yet, if you delay your start time by only 20 minutes, you'll be forced to drive the 60 miles and 90 miles an hour. That's downright dangerous. <laughs> sure. Do you want to do that with your child's education or your own retirement? The time to invest is when you have the money, quite frankly. You can't start soon enough. So you have to take a look at the global picture again. Right? Right. You All of us will need a certain target rate of return that will has to outpace inflation. And then most of you have assets inside your 401k plans, IRAs, 403b. That's where a bulk of your retirement assets are. And guess what? There's a tax risk there because every dollar that comes out of that plan is taxed at ordinary income rates. So if I'm looking at a strategy, you have to outpace in uh, taxes and inflation. And when people think of risk, it's always market risk or business risk. Well, sure, yeah, that's very important risk to identify. But if you're not invested properly over the long term, you're still going to potentially go broke. Well, and, and I think a good way to look at that, Joe, is is if you think about the market, I mean, so it's uh, it's not uncommon to have a 10% correction or even a 20% correction or more. And let's say you're 50% invested in the market and 50% in safety. So if the market goes down 20%, you're only down 10%. Now, that's terrible, right? Your million dollars is now worth $900,000. That's awful. But think about this. If, you, if this is where a million dollars of income you would be paying the federal and state government probably about $450,000. That's 45%. Right. So when you think about it, the taxes are actually scarier than the market. Exactly. Right? Because you got to give more to the, the government than the market's ever going to take from you. Right. Right? And then it's a matter of, okay, well, now that I understand that, what can I do about my tax situation? And, and a lot of people throw up their arms because... They don't feel like they have any control over their taxes. And, and I'm here to tell you that's just not true. In fact, you really have more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. But you're not hearing that from your current advisors because it's probably not their expertise. Uh, but there's a way to do it, and that's by having a forward-looking, tax-efficient strategy. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, Big Al Clopine, hanging out on a Saturday. It's a little warm. Hopefully you're enjoying your weekend. Um, Al and I certainly are. Go to purefinancial.com to get more information about us. We had a webinar with Dr. Katie Boltava last week, and a lot of you joined. And if you want more information about Medicare, if you are anywhere near the age of 65, you need to check out this webinar. It's an hour long. We broke it out into four or five different parts, too. So if you don't have time to sit through a full hour of Medicare talk, uh, we kind of broke it out into bite-sized pieces for you. Go to purefinancial.com to check that out. It's free of charge, of course. Um, you can check out that webinar at our website at purefinancial.com. There's also a guide, um, a Medicare guide at the end of the presentation uh, that you can um, also get. Well, I, we're giving away, I don't know, I forget how many, 
but there's still some available. So if you do want to understand Medicare, uh, the ins and outs, the ABCs of Medicare, go to our website, purefinancial.com. Go to the webinar section um, and you will get more than you can bargain for there. Uh, we're also giving away a estate planning guide. Uh, it's been extremely popular with our clients. And so what the guide is, is that if, let's say if you were to pass, um, not you, if you pass away, but let's say of a spouse or loved one, or if you were a successor trustee or something like that, what happens next? What are the steps that you need to take? Um, so if your parents pass away, you know, um, we have a guide that kind of walks you through step by step. Here's what you need to do. Here's who you need to contact. Here's the steps. So it's a estate planning guide. You can go to our website to download that as well at purefinancial.com. We're always trying to come up with new and exciting things in regards to your financial life. Uh, so purefinancial.com. A lot of media. But Donald Trump is our... The, yeah. Did you uh, watch that on Thursday? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. I actually saw almost the whole thing. Hour and a half. Yeah. I, was, think, I, I think I got about... Well, I got about an hour in, I think. So, there, I mean, when you look at the media today, right, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff. What happened in Germany on Friday? Yeah. Another, it's, it's craziness. It, it is crazy. And, of course, Donald Trump referenced that. And, uh, you know, it was, to me, uh, I... Well, he didn't uh, reference it because he spoke on Thursday. Well, I, this we, happened on Friday. But when, he referenced, what, just ISIS it, and the murders yeah, and all this exactly. other crap. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah, he, he couldn't foresee <laughs> that, unfortunately. But I'll tell you, and I don't really want to talk politics much, but uh, I will say one thing, and I think probably a lot of you feel the same way. We're, we're having some problems with both candidates, but in the case of Trump, so he, he came out out there and, and got people all riled up, but there wasn't really much substance there, you know, and that's been consistent with his other speeches. It's like, we're going to do this. We're going to solve law enforcement, law and order. We're going to solve immigration. Every man is going to have opportunity. That sounds great, and how, but how do you do that, right? And that's what we didn't hear. And uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I do know this, though, Joe. And this is uh, Donald Trump would like to change our tax structure uh, it, with four brackets starting at 0% and the highest bracket of 25%, which sounds great. I mean, the highest rate right now is 39.6, plus a Medicare surtax. You know, it gets, uh, gets to about 43 44%. So to have that be 25%, that sounds great. But then you start listening about, okay, we're going to shore up all of these things and everyone's going to have opportunity. And it's like, well, how does this all pencil, pencil out? Pencil out, right. I mean, I, I, just basic numbers. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, the economic theory, supply-side economics, and you reduce the taxes. Companies are more profitable, and then therefore there's more taxes to be paid. And I'm not here to debate one economic theory over another. I just uh, would tell you at least what I saw during the Reagan years, that's what he wanted to do. And our deficit ballooned at that point. I, personally, I don't, I don't know that that actually works, but it sounds good, right? It sounds really good. Well, I mean, ideally, I would love to have a 25% max tax rate. Me too. I think we all would. Right. Right? But, but you then look how at $18 trillion of debt and there's still yeah. a lot of... Uh, and, and, then, deficits and then and another part of this, I just hate to talk politics. Well, then but, why are you doing it? Because I, I feel like... <laughs> Oh, so, so we have this, uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but let's say that we bring in about $2.5 trillion per year uh, in terms of government money, and we spend about $3.5 trillion. Now, the numbers are a little bit, not, they're not quite as bad right now. So then, then it's like, well, why don't we just balance the darn budget so we can stop adding to this deficit that's, uh, 
or the I should say, yeah, the current deficit into the U.S. debt. And then it's, uh, but to do that, I mean, so that's probably one thing that Trump could help on because he's a businessman. But to do that means that we either have to raise taxes or we have to cut expenses. And when we cut expenses, it actually hurts a lot of people. And this whole talk about we're going to help everybody, it just things don't jive, at least in my mind. Sure. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Right. I mean, you're an accountant. Yeah, I, I just think in terms of numbers, right? <laughs> right. Can't help it. Yes. I mean, numbers is, all right, well, here, this is the deficit. And if we want to cut spending or or maximize spending to, you know, create more, I guess, um, you know, I'm not going to go, even going to go. I don't even know why you got me talking politics. <laughs> well, you brought it up. Anyway, well, so- I was just saying, I was talking about the, the media itself, is yeah. that every time you... Yes. Read the paper. There's some. There's another disaster. Yeah, that's true. And that is again holding people back from investing. Is where I wanted to go. Okay, and I took we need out, yes. I took you just track. went down this rabbit hole, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Pretend like you never heard that part of the show. Because all right, imagine this, Alan. All, yeah. right? all right, what would you do if you stepped into an elevator and saw the only two button choices were soar and plunge, instead of up and down? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, you just jump right out the door, right? Even though they're just words, the connotations are frightening. It's like, keep that in mind when you are reading the newspaper, browsing the internet, or watching the news and television. Words are just words and can easily manipulate to stress a viewpoint, right? And that's how media gets paid, is to get our attention. And fear drives that, and fear then, right? You, you take a look at Money Magazine. That, they sell on greed. How do you make a million dollars with these five easy steps? Yeah. And then you have this. All right, well, stay away from these five funds because you'll go broke. So that sells magazines. That sells newspapers. That sells... It's very appealing. It does, right. They they have the secret sauce. (laughs) And then speaking of like magazines, all right, imagine this. You you wake up one morning feeling sick. So Alan's feeling a little sick because he just talked politics. (laughs) You have a fever. You ache all over. And you generally feel terrible. So you call your family doctor and you tell the receptionist that you feel sick and want to make an appointment. The receptionist says, oh, you don't need an appointment. The doctor will call in a prescription to the drugstore. You reply that the doctor doesn't even know what's the matter with you. And the receptionist says, well, that's all right. We only have one prescription for all of our patients. That's what an article in the newspaper is. It's a pointless as one prescription for all patients. And I would agree that most people will read something and find a strategy in a newspaper, Wall Street Journal or Money Magazine, Kiplinger's, right. the list goes on and on. And they're like, oh, this sounds really good. This is what I should be doing. But it could be the absolutely wrong prescription for you. It, yeah, will, I it, think it could potentially blow you up. I, Joe, I think that's a great way to say that because there's a lot of great strategies out there. And which ones are going to work best for you? I, it, it may be completely different than your next door neighbor. Even though you have similar incomes and similar net worths because of other factors going on in your life. And, and I guess I can't stress that enough. I mean, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all, and certainly not in medicine, and certainly not when it comes to planning your future financially. You know, you may have been with the same broker and financial advisor for years, but friendships aside, when's the last time you formally reviewed your portfolio? Are they actively managing it? Are you having conversations about Social Security, taxes, health care, Medicare? If not, you're missing some critical pieces to the retirement puzzle. And all these things can make a profound difference on how you, how far your money uh, will go in retirement. 
This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Kopai. He is a CPA. He's running for mayor of San Diego. Of my street. <laughs> 2022. No, I'm actually not very interested in politics. And neither you nor I are that interested in politics, but it's it's reality. We need to we need to know about it and we certainly need to vote. We need to vote with whatever candidate we feel is gonna do the best job. Couldn't agree more. So now getting back to the show. <laughs> Go to our website at purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com to learn a little bit more about um, our firm, what we do, how we do it. Um, like I said before, we're a fee-only registered investment advisor. We don't sell any products. There's never a commission generated to our firm. What we do is comprehensive financial planning. Uh, manage about $1.4 billion of assets with about 1,600 clients. Uh, and what we specialize in is helping people create the retirement income that they need long-term with the least amount of tax, least amount of cost fees, risk, all that good stuff. So if you want to learn more, go to purefinancial.com. Markets, all-time highs, freaking people out. So another analogy for you, Al. Okay, what do you got? All right. This is from Don Connolly? This is from Don Connolly. He's like, um, can you picture in your mind... The guys that dive off those cliffs in Acapulco. Yeah, I can picture it. Those divers are about 125 feet up on a cliff looking down at a body of water 21 feet deep at its highest. As they look down, they see the water coming in and going out. To jump in the water at its highest is a mistake because by the time they get down there, the water will have receded and the diver will land on the rocks. Rather... Guess what? They got to jump when they see the shallow water and rocks. So by the time they get down there, the tide has brought in enough water to land safely. It takes a wily veteran to know exactly when to jump. There will be times that when you are trying to invest, right, you're going to look and you're going to see rocks, right, in shallow water. But that's the time where you have to jump in and you have to have the confidence in the strategy. Because guess what? If you jump in, this is buying high, selling low, right? Because it looks safe, everything's good, now it's time for me to jump. By the time you hit the water, the water's receded and you're splat. Right. Versus looking down and you all you see is rocks and sand, you jump in now because by the time you hit the bottom of that cliff, the water has come in and you land safely. Yes. So it's a great analogy to think of is like, all right, well, here, I should not be investing right now. I shouldn't be investing in European stocks, right? I want to get all international stocks. I do not want any international stocks in my portfolio. All I want to do is invest in large company USA. How many times have you heard that? Yeah, many, many, many. It's like, Joe, I want to change my portfolio. Take out all emerging markets, all international, and I just want to invest in U.S. Yeah, because um, S&P 500 right, type because I've been looking the last three or four years, these other international and emerging market funds have done very poorly. So clearly, these are poor investments. Right? right. I mean, that's what we hear over and over and over again. And then people don't realize, uh, just going back in history just a little bit, if you go from 2000 to 2000, end of 2009, the S&P 500 was actually down 9% for a 10-year period. Emerging markets and some international uh, stocks were up about 200%. And it's like, 
well, what, what should we do then? And the answer is no one knows when these asset classes are going to perform, so you want to have some of each. Right. I mean, people chase near-term performance all the time. Right. It's like, what has performed lately? What have you done for me lately? That's what I want to get into. So I'm buying yesterday's winners today. Yeah, that's not a good formula. Or, or Mikey Martin, my best friend, jumps out of helicopters for a living. What does he do? Buy yesterday's winners today. And that's all he could talk about. Oh, I bought this stock. I was like, <laughs> you bought it at all-time highs. What do you, right? Oh, yeah. You're good. He's, his portfolio is probably, in aggregate, over the last 10 years, negative 30%. Easy. <laughs> Easy. You know, like, all right. Suppose tomorrow you are in, a, in your car, all right, and maybe some of you are in your car right now, approaching a toll booth on a major highway. You're late and in a hurry. There are six lanes of traffic all pulling up to the toll booths. The lanes are long. You are naturally frustrated. You want to pick the fastest lane. Some lanes are stopped and some are moving. But even the ones moving are moving slowly. Other drivers are thinking, like you, and several cars are jockeying for position. It's a difficult choice, but you pick a lane, hoping it's the right one. You're in the lane, and the next one next to you, guess what, moves up. The guy in the Mercedes is moving faster than you. It's tempting to change lanes, but you know what happens when your lane stalls and you change lanes? The lane you choose slows down and the lane you leave speeds up. What happens when you change lanes again? The same thing happens every time. You know that, so you get in a lane and stay there. You are not tempted by the lane to your left that appears to be moving faster than your lane. Your patient pays off. You get in front pay your toll, and go on your way. And the guy in the Mercedes is still back there. His lane slowed down. You go through the toll booth in the most efficient manner because you know from experience that the lane you leave will always move the fastest. There will always be investments performing for the time being better than investments you own. You'll be tempted to abandon what you own and chase what's hot. Don't be tempted. Chasing near-term performance is a recipe for disaster. That's Don Connolly right wow, there. Wow, good for him, and I agree with that. Although there's every now and again you get a toll booth gal or guy that doesn't know what he's doing, and that lane never speeds up. Well, then that, that's called unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like the grocery store. I did. That. I guarantee you, every time I go to the grocery store, I always go to get the lane the one. where at no, you got the, the the American coupon lady that's trying to bake <laughs> the world record. <laughs> Well, I was, uh, as you know, I went to Africa in April, and I was in the line to get uh, to go through, and you know, you have to show your passport, right, and and uh, through customs, and of course, I was in the wrong line, and in that case, I switched lines and did much better. So it can happen. It, it can happen. <laughs> so that that blows. But your how many analogy. times have you done that, right? So you're in lanes, or even if, if you're driving in Los well, Angeles when it, when right it, now. When it, comes you... to, when it comes to driving, I completely agree with that because you you naturally and you're and you don't even think about it. You're subconsciously knowing that that lane is faster, and even before you think about it, you want to get over, right? Right. And then you find another car just to get get your progress, and sure enough, it goes way ahead of you, right? <laughs> and then. You go okay, and and then you try to get back in, and but you know the same thing happens the other way, and then you're just going backwards, and that that's actually the most common thing. I right, you just keep jockeying back in this lane, that lane, this lane, and then it's like you're just losing ground. Right, and the guy or the gal that's just in the same lane, they they had none of that stress, and they probably beat you. Right, they're right? listening to your money, your wealth, <laughs> hanging out. 
<laughs> right? Oh, it's so frustrating, though. Man, just, you know, I mean, a lot of you right now are driving in Los Angeles. It's a nightmare. Right? It's Saturday morning, and it's still a nightmare. Right. Yeah. When does it get better? <laughs> I don't think it does. Well, I guess at three in the morning, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, this uh, the whole point here, though, is uh, your tendency, even without thinking about it emotionally, is to try to get in and out of the market and pick your points. And, and the tough part is your emotions will lead you astray because when you want to buy an asset class, it's when it's already made a pretty good run and you feel like, well, this is the right one. But guess what? You're buying high. And when you, when you want to sell or certainly not purchase an asset class is when it's down low. Now, when it comes to companies, if you buy an individual stock, that's a whole different thing. Now you're taking company risk. But when you're looking at an asset class, right, S&P 500 versus, let's say, international stocks, for example, I mean, one of those is going to be doing better than the other one, and it will turn around. You just don't know when. Sometimes it takes years for it to turn around, but that patience does pay off. Yeah, most definitely. And then that's what you have to do with uh, patience. What happened to patience? There's no more patience. Not much. Yeah, right? we instant gratification. Instant gratification. That's, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. Even my dad, the most patient guy in the world, he he lost it too, <laughs> and he tells me that. I, you know, his his story is when I when I get like my dad, who didn't have a lot of patience. My grandpa, tell me, and I remember one time I, um, you know, he was acting up, and and he had been, and I said, and I just jokingly said, Dad, you're acting like your dad, and he started laughing. He goes, he goes, I know you don't have to tell me. And now I don't even have to tell him. Tell him he he, he knows. All right, we got to take a break. If you want more information about our firm, go to purefinancial.com. A couple of free gifts there. We uh, we got a Medicare webinar. I would encourage you if you're anywhere near 65, uh, there's some things that you need to know in regards to taking your benefit. So go to Pure Financial, watch that webinar. It is free of charge, of course. Uh, we got to take another break. So it's called your money or wealth. 